0: Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and I'm in studio this week with guest co-host Nancy claremont Carr from The Joy Effect, and she is back in studio with us. She is a transformational expert who coaches leaders to grow their business, life, and impact through higher consciousness and other conscious leadership principles, and today we're going to be guest co-hosting the show to really dive into some key considerations um, at this time on the planet around the invitation to go within the invitation to choose sovereignty and freedom over authority and the invitation to transcend the fear that may paralyze us and keep us from going within or choosing freedom and sovereignty. And so welcome, Nancy, because I'm really excited that you are back with us. So
1: thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Three topics that I think are the most important of our our times.
0: No doubt, right? And Nancy and I have the joy of, you know, we get to work in different realms together um, through the School for Higher Consciousness and the Community for Higher Consciousness and and many places and spaces we get to play. So I feel really um, privileged to be in conversation with you today and and with uh, the community of listeners that are joining us as well. So, thank you for.
1: Thank you. I, I feel the same. I mean, it's, yeah, you, you bring so much to uh, this discussion that I'm always learning something from you. So, thanks.
0: Well, the feeling's mutual. Um, so, one of, you know, you and I have been. Uh, on this journey into higher consciousness and, and uh, sovereignty. And I know for me, and and I know from speaking with you, um, that that invitation to go within is such a powerful... I know personally, I spent years kind of watching my external world at the cost of myself. Um, and it felt for me kind of scary to start to go within and it wasn't until I started to um, get some support and start to learn some modalities like yoga and Ayurveda and energy medicine and, and also healing ancestry and other lifetimes that I felt like, oh my gosh, there's this whole galaxy within me. Like, and I started to get so excited that like this external world, while important, is just a sliver of the potential that's within me, mm-hmm. and uh, that invitation for us to go within. Let's let's talk a little bit about why going within is important for you know mm-hmm. the community that yeah. we're um, in connection with at this moment. Oh, I, yeah.
1: The topic of going within. I, I guess it could be said another way is you know uh, learning to use your intuition. And when I think of that phrase, Elizabeth, I think of now getting the most optimal solution is sort of like the just in time answer. Because yeah. Not only do you have all this background, history, and information, but that's old news. And so we're not omnipresent, but, you know, there is a higher power that acts in that capacity. So, when you can do that and go in and start discovering the information as a, a collective of things you may not know, you're going to get answers that are going to help you make decisions that will shave time from your calendar. Um, and I mean, long-term calendar like right. reaching objectives and a lot more efficient and, and smoother with flow approach. Yeah. So, so, so the going within Uh, is powerful from that standpoint and and from a personal standpoint. And I'm sure you have your reasons. One of the biggest things I've noticed when I now that I use my intuition for everything, yeah, is I mean, like all day long, I just you know say, Well, okay, just get quiet for a minute, or it just comes, whatever. And we that's a whole nother conversation about how you get your intuition. But so, for the longest time in making a decision, you know, if you use that analytical approach, it's always like, you know, you lay it out this way and lay it out that way and you can justify either or. Right. And so, but there's always a missing piece that's going to tell you which is the best way or, or better yet. Maybe there's a new way that you haven't thought about. And that's usually what happens.
0: Well, right. That third, that third optimal solution usually comes forward because I think a lot of times people, when they're doing that either or in the analytical, like you were mentioning, they might say, like they they I, I know when I've done it, I will look for things that will justify the one that right. I prefer versus is right. it optimal? And that's exactly right. I can find all sorts of reasons to justify A or B. But if I New in the
1: world, I mean that's common.
0: Right. right? And that's also, you know, often what happens when divisiveness comes in is it's like Everyone's always looking for the justification. But when I tap into that intuitive nature, which is within all of us, everyone has intuitive gifts, psychic gifts. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. part of being a human being. No AI chat can trump that at all because um, it lacks that sentient nature. But humans have such ability to actually tap into their intuition if we slow down enough to pay attention to it or just not even having to slow down to pay attention but just recognize
1: that that is there. Right and, and you know um, I, I like to think that uh, the, the, the idea is first we have to learn how we receive that information. Right. You know asking for it of course learning how we receive it and then learning to trust that that's actually true for you, that Mm. until you can trust it, right, you're not going to use it. So it becomes a function of trusting yourself. So in order to sort of get to that place, you have to clear out a lot of maybe beliefs or practices or whatever that keeps you from thinking you're right.
0: And it doesn't always make analytical sense all the time I've found, like sometimes I'll get an intuitive hit and I'm like, I have no idea why I'm getting the intuition to do, you know, take this exit
1: instead of the normal yeah. exit that I always take. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that's actually, I, I love that you brought that up. The, the idea that you don't have the backup to say why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Because um, so there's a there's a correlation here. We're going to get more into sovereignty, but there's a correlation here to me of the more intuitive you become, and the more you apply it and trust that intuition, that starts to build up the confidence because you get to see the result. And so, to me, that whole uh, sovereignty piece is learning to have rock solid confidence in your intuition and using it without having the justification for it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. Yes, because you might find out later that like, you know, had I gotten off on my normal exit, there was an accident that would have delayed me 20 minutes, which would have made me late for whatever. And by taking that alternate route, which you might also say intuition is an alternate route available to us always. But I think a lot of times I even reflect on my um, own experience growing up and how much being in a parochial school was like I was being told to shut my intuition down. Like, you know, I mean, sometimes we couldn't even be excused to go to the bathroom. I mean, that's like an innate bodily intuition, right? And we were told to like sit and listen to the lesson. So, I mean, yeah. there were so many moments that my intuition was overrided as a child. Now I had a lot of resolve to and curiosity and um, I was very intimately connected to animals and nature, and I think that's what kept me kind of more whole in my intuition. But it did Mm -hmm. take me some time of healing and tapping back into it, because because I um, didn't realize sometimes I was even using my intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. what that was? Until I started to learn more how my intuitive gifts worked.
1: Well, and I think the more we have strong authority figures around us and the more we're trained or programmed to follow authoritative rules and policies the less we go to go within to to say well does that really feel right to me or or the less we will pursue a different avenue because we're so uh, trained to follow the experts but are they <laughs> Are they the experts or is it just what's been passed down?
0: And and are they actually the experts of you? Like, hopefully we, be, we become, <laughs> right, no, right. Absolutely not is right. But hopefully we become so self-realized that we become the expert of what mm-hmm. it's like to be in this body, mind, spirit and, and knowing what. Intuitively will keep us in balance and health and on our path. That's optimal for us.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely, hundred percent. The 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 going within is a learned behavior. It it, and it it can be done, and it is available to everybody, as you say. Um, You know, I used to think, well, I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I don't have the imagination no it's not about that it's about receiving it it's about receiving that guidance uh and it just takes a little bit of practice and commitment to to using it and i see the changes in clients don't you as you're working oh with yeah kids. and once they start to tap into that then it's about validating so you know um i think we're both in the same area on yeah. this maybe where you know a client will ask me what do you think and i say well what are you getting What are you getting? I turn around and say, What are you getting to empower them to to start trusting what they're getting? Because ultimately we're on our own in terms of the world. We have to learn to trust ourselves and our truth, our own truth.
0: Absolutely. And and to know like if what I'm getting has a resonance for myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can check with other people, like, hey, if you're really but ultimately it comes back to we're the ones that need to Enacted, employ it, live it, like all those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of – this is a quote, and I'm not sure who to attribute it to, but the, 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 lar- the longest journey sometimes is from the head to the heart, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. – um, into that intuitive center of our being, that place that's beyond lifetimes, but that really supports a deeper wisdom – a deeper knowing and a deeper place from which we can act. But it can feel scary to like, you know, if you've very like to like go in here when I've been conditioned to listen to teachers or doctors or yeah. authorities outside of myself mm-hmm. who I'm told know better, have been trained longer and not to take away any of the talent and training of those professionals, because I'm grateful that we have them when that is needed, but we need to be in concert with them, not power and control or one up. We need to be. Yep.
1: Yep. And, and that just, you just brought up a thought. I was having a conversation with uh, my sister recently about the different schools that uh, her future grandkids may go to. Hmm. And our, our conversation was centered around, do we want them to be in a school that teaches them what to think or how to think? So The latter,
0: please. That's kind of
1: the different, <laughs> the differentiation is yeah. we want to learn. And it's not just critical thinking from an analytical standpoint, but it's, how to think, because, you know, we talked in the last show about higher consciousness. And to me, higher consciousness is raising the level of thinking from the ground up to the ceiling. And, and that, that ceiling of thinking brings in that intuition. So we want to learn how to think and how to access optimal guidance along the thinking path. And to me, that's why you want to go within.
0: Absolutely. And I would say even when we move into higher consciousness and that higher level thinking and feeling state and how to access it, there is actually no ceiling. I know you're using that metaphorically, but it's like the range, range, like it just it's like the it's exponential because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, this is where inventions come from. This is where inspiration comes from. This is where that gut feeling comes from. This is where that I I don't know. I just know comes from, right? Like sometimes I I have a kid who, um, was in some pretty high level math and, and one of my sons and he would be like, I can't explain the answer to you. I just know the answer. And, you know, like, and so it's great to know the answer And for him, he had to learn how to show the answer that he Uh knew, because sometimes when you know the answer, sometimes if you're off just a sliver, it might not exactly be it. But if you can show how you knew that, it like gives, so it's like this delicate dance between our intuition going within and then, you know, does that resonate? Does that make sense? Does, and sometimes we don't know. Yeah, for me. And sometimes we don't even know it makes sense until... You know, hindsight, right? Like, oh, that's that's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I, I give you a, a, a fifteen second example. I, I had a client who was going to move into a certain housing, and I said, you know, uh, I just get you do not need don't do it. I, I don't know why it, it'll come to me, but we found out later it was loaded with termites, and they had to bomb it. You know, like totally, yeah. and it's still not done. So she's like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good thing, good thing you got that intuitive hit to like, and then the, and then the data starts to show. So time to go within and we will be back with exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth and Nancy, guest co-host Nancy Claremont Carr from The Joy Effect, why it's important to go within and how that leads you to greater freedom and sovereignty or the ability to choose it. Stay tuned. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we're in studio with guest co-host Nancy Claremont Carr from The Joy Effect, and we are exploring sovereignty and some of the key components to it in terms of the invitation to go within, sometimes that journey into knowing how your intuition works is a key component to helping each of us feel and that we're able to actually choose a sovereign path and sovereignty is going to look different for each of us, but there is a fundamental feeling to it where you feel like you're really, um, seated authentically in yourself, but connected into higher consciousness, a higher thinking and feeling state. And there is a resonance of, um, truth that just seems to kind of pour forward where it's a win-win for everyone as we as we've discussed before when nancy's been on the show so nancy what what do you think we're in a time where people are really um being invited to step into their sovereign nature and it's yeah it's being challenged by all these authority figures saying you must do this this is what we need everyone to do. We're come, kind of coming off the heels of that of the last three years. Right. Um, what, how would you kind of talk about or how can we talk about for our community of listeners? And um, how do you choose freedom and sovereignty in the face of sometimes pretty heavy-handed authority?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially when we've oh. been programmed in certain ways through schooling yeah, totally. and you
1: know yeah, absolutely um, so when I when I look at that structure or the structure within which we're living right now with such strong authority figures, authority organizations, authority, you know rules that uh, so many people, have been following for so long. And then it starts to change. That sort of creates divisiveness and an opportunity to say to oneself or to ask oneself, um, is this still right for me? Is mm. is what I'm hearing still going to get me what I want? So first off, do I know what I want? <laughs> so yeah. sort, of, sort of defining, are, am I on the path? And is, are those rules that I keep following going going to get me there? And so sometimes it takes the divisiveness that has been brought about to actually start asking ourselves that question. Otherwise, we just go along, go along, go along. But there's been so much energy shift on the planet, as you know, for years, and it's accelerated that it's given us uh, an opportunity to really challenge the rules and challenge being forced into those rules. So at this point in time, learning what our own truth is, is what helps us know how to take the right path. Hmm. So I guess to me, that's one of the first steps. What What is my truth? What what do I want out of life? And is what I'm doing going to get me there? Because if, if what I'm doing now and following those rules is May not get me there. I need to start challenging those and creating my own. Or, and, and, choosing, and choosing,
0: you know, like what you're bringing forward actually makes me think like choosing
1: something different. Different. That's right. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to be different than the path I've been following. So there is, again, a little bit of a risk to doing something new. But we're seeing over the last uh, three years that people are willing to do that and they're willing to come together in community for strength to do that. And I think that's one of the great ways to uh, get out of the mold, to um, start choosing freedom is to start seeking perhaps those that think more like you mm-hmm. or have values more like where you're going as a way of uh, feeling supported because it can be a lonely journey.
0: I know that. <laughs> yeah, it can definitely when you're going against the the kind of energy or the tide, it can feel isolating or alone. But there is. Right. I, I've also found um, for myself that it it's sort of like yeah, that might feel isolating or alone. But I would trade where I'm seated in it for belonging and connection in that moment because it's like my intuitive sentient being is telling me like that voice inside is so loud that like there and I I can feel it that it's like I can withstand the the kind of lonely moment of it not that it doesn't come without pain or like grief but I can like I can kind of withstand being in that space for a beat or two knowing that this too shall pass.
1: uh, A beat or two, yes.
0: And that, (laughs) right, exactly. And that this, like, the next part of my freedom or the sovereignty or authenticity is going to unfold for me. But it does take a little bit of discomfort at times.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's really critical that people realize with all risk is discomfort. And it is a risk to leave the fold of uh, habit Mm -hmm. and and leave the path of acceptance with that group, Mm -hmm. and realize that that group doesn't identify with where I want to be anymore. Um, You know, so many of our freedoms have been taken away in the last few years, freedom of movement, uh, freedom of health choices, and um, just, you know, a lot of things that maybe we took for granted for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens to people who like to live the life that they want, uh, it, it, it it's at the, it's at those times when we say, whoa, just a minute. <laughs> I don't like what's happening here. And it's at the time we must choose freedom. We must choose to follow our truth. And so it's always a choice. Mm-hmm. We get to choose how we move forward in life. And I, I, like, I'm pointing that out because Sovereignty and freedom is a choice, just like every single thing in our life, we are personally 100% responsible for. And so when we make a choice, we get to live with the consequences. But if we follow the choice of somebody else, we get to blame them. We don't want to be victims in this life. Mm-hmm. So by choosing uh, the freedoms that we want and going after them and aligning with community who can support us. We can remain, you know, more sovereign and um, on that path with more support and strength, I guess if you put it that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I find the more I practice what you just described so eloquently um, that my, we all need egos to be in the world. And I think sometimes we think the ego is a negative thing it can be if it's ruling the ship, right? Like if it's all that's happening, it can, it will cause separation and suffering. But what I found is that the more I choose sovereignty, the more my ego is in line with my higher self or my higher mind or that wisdom, then it's like I'm in the state of flow, even if it's going against what the collective, you know, is saying, um, yeah. Yeah, and I and I find the more my personality is in alignment with my higher self, the more I can kind of see where sovereignty can thrive, and it's mm-hmm. like these pathways open up that I didn't even know were going to be a pathway. You know, like it's like I might see the well-worn paths, right, and then
1: all of a sudden it's like,
0: oh, there's another one. I didn't even know that one existed, and then I find all these people who are there.
1: You know what, that's so true, and um, you might have, I think you referred to this earlier, the more we practice our truth, the more we practice choosing, the more we practice taking responsibility, it becomes easier and easier and easier, and pretty soon that's our new habit, and it does require that to remain in flow, and I, I just love that whole concept of flow, because I find when I'm not following my truth, I am not in flow. I am, you know, coming up against obstacles left and right because that's not where I was supposed to be. Right. Um, so that concept of surrender, which we talked about on the last show, um, where we do go within, uh, really helps us stay in flow and helps us be where we're supposed to be, not where somebody else tells us we're supposed to be. And it can be a lonely path. I mean, I feel the arrows in my back all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Is not that and, called being a pioneer? I'm not sure. But.
0: I think it is. I think I think it is, and I think also that um, you know, us, uh, when I'm on, on the when I'm choosing sovereignty, I I am in more uh, current connection with what is true for me. And It's like mm-hmm. my truth doesn't get stagnant, right? Like I don't get like limited by my truth because I'm. Right. Like, I'm able to go within, as we spoke about in the previous segment, and I'm able to stay current with what is true. Like, given the current state, given the information I have, given the intuition that is flowing within me, I'm able to say, mm-hmm. this is what seems to be true in this moment, and I'm going to make a choice out of that. Um, and I'm going to choose, it might mean that what I choose doesn't go with what the collective narrative of that's being given, you know, like um,
1: also on that, that uh, your point of continuing to choose uh, and go within because the energy has increased so dramatically in our planet, Mm -hmm. our, our timelines and what's available for intuitive guidance is, Updated and shifting so quickly,
0: so, so it becomes
1: crit- critical to continue to go within and that what we might have thought a week ago may not be true anymore. So, so it, it, it and if you just go by by historical, you know, and past decisions, you're never going to optimize. You, you know, so, so it becomes more and more critical to pause and say, what's true now? Yeah. What is true now? And that timeline continues to shift and knowing that helps us not sit on our laurels for one thing, but also <laughs> not ever really. Um, I don't know if the word is try to justify a past decision. Even if I decided something different last week about the same topic, I, I, I'm, I'm like constantly saying, is this still true for me? Yeah.
0: And and if it's not, then what is? And I think that I think you know that also highlights something in the work that you and I do around energy work is like that that perpetual invitation and practice of connecting to the higher self or that higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me that was a huge aha because I thought always thought like my brain had to figure it out. And my brain actually, like, you know, it is connected into higher consciousness. Like all our brains have that capacity and are. But if I'm only a lot of times we're only using a small portion of our brain and that small portion of our brain is based on past habits Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: the past and repeating the past. So if I'm stuck in that loop of past habits, the past and repeating the past to your point of like. If we look at the past history and that's what we're basing everything on, it's a limited um, mm-hmm. field of availability of options and of outcomes mm-hmm. versus if we're in our intuition, if we're in a state of higher thinking, feeling, higher consciousness, that's more aligned with love. A right. lot of times, and, and, and if we're willing to surrender, and I know that that for me has been a lifelong journey and and still can be and I've gotten better at it My, that muscle is stronger than I'm able to surrender. but if we're willing to surrender, a lot of times something I never even fathomed was possible manifests.
1: That's where the miracles show up totally mm-hmm. right That's definitely where the miracles show up. And so when we are adamant about you know uh, using the past to determine what we're doing now, we don't get the miracles, you know, or we don't accept them and we don't choose them. And uh, I would rather have a life of miracles and things I never thought could happen, but whoa, is this fun, you know? Yeah. (laughs) The joy that comes with uh, listening and going within is infinite. And, you know, that's why I like to talk about creating joy, abundance, and sovereignty with this work because it is, it's infinite joy and abundance in all areas of our life because we Couldn't have created it that way. Only through our intuitive guidance could we have created it that way. So,
0: Yeah, and it's definitely not always, doesn't always feel like the safest or secure path that maybe I'm being told to follow by authority. But it is way more joyful, way more abundant, and way more optimal to manifest each of our gifts, talents, and attributes that we're here to do at this time on the planet in spades.
1: (laughs) You you know what, Elizabeth, the statement, it may not be the safest, I've redefined that. For me, uh, the word safe to me means uh, safe for me. And so the only thing that is safe for me is to live by my truth. That's beautiful. It is nice for me to live by somebody else's truth. And so that fact has helped me let go of needing external validation on my choices, on um, feeling I have to justify my choices. <laughs> and because those are, you know, like two separate things. And most right. people kind of follow that pattern. And until you learn that what you feel is more important to you than what somebody else says you should do. So paying attention to that and learning how to becomes part of the journey. Um, But safe for me is now knowing that my higher self, my higher power is always has my best interest at heart. That's safe for me.
0: I love, I love that you caught me there and, and helped redefine and invite us into a different orientation with that word. Thank you. This, is a delightful conversation with Nancy Claremont Carr and exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth. And we're going to return with how fear might get in our way and invitations to release fear so we can be more aligned with love and higher consciousness, sovereignty, and that invitation to be safe and go within. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Nancy Clement Carr. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Nancy Claremont Carr from The Joy Effect, and we are exploring sovereignty and some of the key attributes that support choosing sovereignty, that support developing our intuition by going within, and how we can overcome that paralyzing attribute of fear that might prevent us from choosing a sovereign path, or choosing freedom or authenticity. You have that famous um, statement that I always love to quote uh, because it was such an aha moment for me and that um, a few years back, that trauma masks talent. And I know that was the case for me um, as I've healed my own trauma big and small. um, I've felt more able to be seated in my talents, gifts, and attributes. But um, how did you come to that pithy, pithy statement?
1: Oh, from my own experience, um, trauma, as I, I like to think, as I, I think I mentioned it earlier on this show, trauma can mean you know, a, a belief of something bad is going to happen uh, based on prior experience, or it could be a built-up trauma of abuse. It could be a lot of things. So whatever it is that causes you to have trauma, uh, it's, it's massive fear. Okay. So trauma for me created mental gridlock hmm. in, in a way that I couldn't think I couldn't like, you know, like deer in the headlight feeling. Yeah. Like, so I, I started realizing that what well, I had to start doing some things to Release that mental gridlock to release the fear of what I thought was going to happen if I did something in the moment or differently. And I started to realize that I had so much more to offer, and I couldn't do that when I was stuck in this frozen state. And I just, you know, it just made me realize that trauma does mask our talent because we don't move forward when we're frozen, we don't move forward when we have fear of doing maybe what we want to do, what we think we can do. And maybe the fear is so strong that we don't even think we can do it. Hmm. So that's why fear totally masks our talent and the contribution to society that we could give once we eliminate that fear. So I'm going to hand it back to you. Tell me how you started to realize that you had to release the fear to move forward.
0: Yeah, I, I started to realize and and that like when I'm in a state of fear, I look for outside answers. And it keeps me able to be more controlled by others and by other paradigms. And it took me a few practices, more than a few, of like <laughs> of being in a state of fear and then, you know, I'm the youngest of five and so I got used to um we'd be around the dinner table and everyone would weigh in on my choices, you know, like everyone would be giving advice from their different vantage points. And I got used to taking in a lot of information, but I didn't always get used to discerning and distilling it down to what felt, you know, I, 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 had this fear of I need to please everyone so that I'm well taken care of so that I can receive and receive love Um, all things that were limiting, right? Because love is unconditional, ideally. But I grew up where um, I felt like if I didn't please others, and often at the cost of myself, something bad would happen. And sometimes that was true. Sometimes that happened, that trauma, you know, that I feared would happen. So it's not like I didn't have a good reason for that belief in that time. But as Mm -hmm. I've gotten older, like, and not in that paradigm, um, I realize how much when I'm in a state of fear or when I see other people in a state of fear, they, myself or others, will seek authority and seek answers that may not be authentic for what is their next right. optimal
1: step. Right, right. So, so, so I, that's a
0: long winded answer, but to what you asked, but I, I, um,
1: well we have to we have to start experiencing loss to realize we can't continue that same behavior, right? Yeah. something has to be happening to us that we're not getting where we want to be for us to even consider changing behaviors. And change is difficult for a lot of people, especially when they have these really strong uh, maybe energetic patterns that say they're not worthy mm-hmm. of something better. And and um, so the, the, there's two things that I find. Um, holds people in fear in that trauma state, and that is what you pointed out: is the fear of loss, of approval, mm-hmm. therefore acceptance. And you know, it could be that there was a lot of uh, real physical uh, abuse as as a consequence. So, right. so, so that piece could be holding people back. Um, but the whole idea of Needing to please people is a thread I see everywhere. I mean, you know, Same. Like needing needing to please others. So that's why you stay on that path. And needing to either fulfill your societal obligations or whatever those right are that we have. So, so that's a really big reason we stay in fear. There's right, fear of loss. Right, that seems right. to be uh, a, a really big one. And now the other thought has left me. But that's okay. <laughs> It'll come back. But that is a key reason that, that I find uh, clients uh, have a hard time. Oh, and the other one I was gonna say is the the, the, the uh, belief that they're unworthy of receiving something better. Yes. And that's, that's from ancestral patterns, lifetimes. I mean, absolutely. Um, and so working to eliminate the unworthiness to just get to the level of being cons- even considered change Right. You know, considering moving out of that fear, um, that unworthiness and the need to please are probably two of the biggest fears I find in my clients, you know, from a lot of sources.
0: Yeah, same, same. And also have found in myself. I mean, I always like that familiar pattern or ancestral pattern. Like if you break down the word familiar within Mm -hmm. it is liar. Just because it's Ah. familiar doesn't actually mean that it is what is optimal for you. And I remember looking at that word familiar and thinking about family and thinking about ancestral patterns and because we do a lot of healing and clearing along that line, um, both of us and and the work we do personally and also with clients and. I remember like all of a sudden I was writing it and I saw like, oh, there's fam and then there's the letter I and then there's liar. And I was like, oh, just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's optimal. Or true. Or true. And then I think, okay, well, how much that is familiar within me or within the person I'm partnering with to help them Mm -hmm. shift out of those patterns is based in fear. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: how do we undo that? And I find one of the things... Oh, you know, yes, intuition, yes, going within, yes, practicing, choosing sovereignty. But I also find this element of can I get them curious? And it Mm -hmm. goes to what like you've shared when you were previously on around that worry pattern. And is it true? So like this familiar pattern, is it still true for you? This fear pattern, is it still true for you? Does it still work for you? What are the benefits that you're actually getting, if any? And then how do you... Well, those, those are definitely
1: critical questions and a, a good start to being open and curious. Um, and even beyond that, I find if they don't feel worthy of change, they can ask themselves that, but they think it's beyond them. That's what I have found. So it brings up the to me the importance of clearing... Uh, Doing a lot of clearing of interference, a lot of eliminating of patterns, eliminating beliefs that don't serve us anymore. And so that's where, you know, the energy practical work that we do can help people and others. But that whole concept, I mean, I look at it as personal development, you know, 10.0, because before it was reading books and trying and trying and trying. Right. Yeah. Now it's we have tools that we can actually remove the interference, remove the belief. Uh, remove the inner ancestral and other lifetime patterns that kept us in unworthiness, kept us in a state of obedience. Right, um, and as long as you're in a state of and kept of us, a, yeah, go ahead obedience and fear, you're not going to change. So yeah, and ahead.
0: and everything is energy, as you know, and and. Like attracts like. So if we're in a frequency of fear, we're going to continue to attract those frequencies of fear. And if we start right. to transform them from, you know, ancestry and other lifetimes, that we, the work you and I have both learned through Maureen Higgins from Wings of Freedom, that we also share at School for Higher Consciousness, it helps shift those patterns, not only for our current lifetime, but, right. you know, positively. 14 generations back and 14 generations forward. So it is like personal development 10.0 because we're having like such a massive impact. And as we think about the School for Higher Consciousness, um, both you and I teach there um, the energetic healing track amongst many other brilliant practitioners as well. So there's lots of opportunity to learn intuitive development, to learn how to c- create sacred spaces and c- And heal ancestry in other lifetimes. And we all, you and I each have um, a program on there. Why don't you share the program that is on the School for Higher Consciousness that you're offering in September? And and I also have one starting in September. So let's share that with our listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, my program starts September 19th. It's called Conscious Leadership Transforms. And you probably understood from a little bit of this conversation. And if you had a chance to listen to the other conversation between Elizabeth and I, um, we now know that as we become more conscious and employ these conscious leadership principles, we have a chance of changing our world, the world around us. And then, you know, if we have clients, their world and who they work with. And so what I teach in this class is, in coach, it's a workshop, is what those principles are. We've talked about lots of them, several of them Um, In intuition, intention, uh, sovereignty, uh, our divine energy, support, and, you know, several other things, how to put them all together and start making them work for you. So you can start creating the path that you want to create that joy, abundance and freedom or sovereignty that you're seeking. So it's a fun class. It's only eight weeks. You can look on my website, nancyclermontcard.com, under School for Higher Consciousness, and it's the last program. So it tells you more about it there i super excited to, to work with leaders from all disciplines.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and the program that I'm offering through the School for Higher Consciousness is called The Physical Alchemist. You can also find it on my website, somasoulsovereignty.com. And it is really supporting people with some of the physical practices to ground these higher frequencies that are coming onto the planet uh, around higher consciousness and for the humans and to their physical, mental, emotional nature through yoga, Ayurveda, somatics and energy medicine. So I too look forward to working with a diverse group of people who are ready to step into that self healing journey and take that self responsibility. Yes. Um and I'm so grateful that um, there are so many brilliant practitioners like yourself, Nancy, in the world and in the conversation of exploring sovereignty and the many pathways that can get people there. Mm -hmm.
1: There's so so many, you know, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but one thought I do want to leave with your listeners is that it is easier and far more fulfilling to create and live with higher consciousness and sovereignty than not. And the freedom and joy that you'll experience by choosing this path is worth overcoming all fears and know that you'll be supported every step of the way. And I think it helps mitigate some of the fear of risk that we might have in learning a new path.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for leaving our listeners with that invitation. Um, and we look forward to hearing what your pathway for sovereignty is for you as we continue this conversation on exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth. And thank you to our guest co-host, Nancy Claremont Carr from The Joy Effect. We are so delighted that you joined us in studio today, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Thank I you. Agree.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you, listeners, and take a step forward today.
0: Agreed.